On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, Nick and I have so much stuff to talk about, it's honestly not even worth going through it all. We've got John Favreau crap, Daisy Ridley crap, Sith Trooper crap. There's so much crap, I feel like we're drowning in it. You know what? Cue the music. Hey now everyone, welcome back. Yes, it is a Friday show, and honestly, it's going to be the last Friday show, but don't worry, you're still going to get your content every day, same days, maybe not same days, it doesn't matter. You're still going to be getting probably one or two new episodes of Star Wars Time each week. We're just... We're reconfiguring things because that's what Star Wars people do. So as you heard from the announcer, who was a little short this week, there is a ton of stuff to talk about. I'm talking eight-plus topics. Those are just news topics. Of course, it's Friday show, so we also have the top five to get through. We're going to look through Nick's choices and just heap praises upon you Star Wars artists out there. But before we get there, there is a lot of news and announcements to cover in the Star Wars verse. All right, Nick, so to start things off... I mean, obviously, you know, we took a week off and we didn't want to talk about some of the news when we did our, our special cast earlier in the week. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, but we're going to start with a, a pretty awesome reveal we got this week that not only confirmed some speculation for the Rise of Skywalker, but also laid down how much money you're going to have to spend at SDCC. Yeah, we get a, a first look at the rumored red first order trooper that we heard about months ago via some leaks and you know some some speculation some rumors out there we finally got to look at this it's real and it's called drum roll da, 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 sith trooper right sith w- which trooper. really nick i mean yeah the figure is awesome i mean we got a, a look at a black series sith trooper a hot toy sith trooper a funko sith trooper but, I mean, in terms of the Star Wars community at large, the, the real meat of this reveal was, yes, the Crimson Troopers are legit, and by the way, they are Sith Troopers. Exactly. And that was, so Matt put out the piece revealing the the items, the the Hot Toys figures, the oh, Black we, we, figures, Nick and I, else. between the two of us, we bumblefucked this reveal <laughs> like only professional assholes could do oh yeah absolutely and i'll I'll take the blame because i'm the one that has a little bit more time and i fucked up the initial reveal 100 percent. yeah and then i i come (laughs) behind him to give more context behind the reveal and i don't even use a proper image yeah yeah i mean basically between the two of us we sat there with our thumbs up our asses and we're going it's a trooper yeah yeah, we were just too stunned by what we had learned to properly yeah, I, I put together. I was all consumed with like the toys and really the the as I said the meat to this it, it isn't the toys. I mean, yes, we we cater to the toy community because of me, but in the end, it was the fact that it was confirmed. Yes, red first order troopers, but by the way, they are Sith troopers, Nick. So as you kind of punched up in your write up, dude. How do we get to Sith Troopers in a movie where there are no Sith? Exactly. So 
Um, and even astute fans, like if you're fans of the EU, if you're fans of the Old Republic specifically, and Matt, you'll know this from oh, yes. oh, Galaxy yes. of Heroes. Oh, dude, there's already memes going out where yeah. it's like, not my cis trooper, okay cis trooper, <laughs> my cis trooper, and it always goes back to the KOTOR cis troopers in those. Yeah. I mean, Nick, they, they kind of had, it was kind of a quasi-imperial guard helmet, but chrome, right? Yeah, exactly. It was It was a much... It the, the color scheme was all different. It was very like dark chrome colored, and it was more. It wasn't like a first order or a stormtrooper type helmet. It did have a very yeah. It was like that significant difference. The in, elongated in the helmet. helmet of an imperial guard. Yeah, a bit like that. So that's already out there. But like you said, Matt, we know Kylo Ren's not a Sith. We've been told that Snoke was not a Sith. Yeah. But there is one Sith that has been confirmed ah. to be coming back. Right? Uh-huh. Yep. Sheev. Sheev is back. Sheev, my boy. And Sheev Palpatine, it's, it's you know, since the reveal of Emperor Palpatine coming back into the fray, there's been questions like, is he going to have followers? Are people going to have like, is there going to be like a cult to Palpatine that's been out there? How does he ascend back into the into the galaxy? Well, you know, some of the speculation is that these Sith troopers are like a, a break-off faction of the First Order that are now loyal to Palpatine, knowing that he's, you know, back in the fray. Well, that's interesting, because I, I think you kind of proposed as well in your piece that, you know, maybe in the in the in this year break we're getting between movies, uh, you know, maybe Kylo has fully embraced the, the Sith at this point. Or, yeah. Or as you're saying, maybe it's a... Uh, you know, kind of a side faction that's been worshiping Palpatine all along. I mean, you could also speculate: are, are these people tied to the Knights of Ren? I mean, it's it's a very it is like I said, it's an awesome reveal that we fucked up because of the speculation and rumors and lore and whatever behind it for the movies. But I mean, it is it is it's a mystery because there are no Sith. So how does the First Order dedicate a legion of Sith troopers? Who is behind this? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I like the idea that Kylo has finally taken the dive into calling himself a Sith. You know, that was, you know, the Sith is a pseudo-religion, just like the Jedi was a pseudo-religion. You know, by convincing himself that he needs to take this final step to become an actual Sith Lord so he can overcome his weakness, you know, maybe this is a step that he took. And then we, we finally, you know, we may refer to him in this movie as, you know, Darth Ren or, or Lord Kylo or however he wants to be, you know, referred yeah, to. It probably would be Darth Kylo if he's going to roll with it. Yeah. But so it doesn't quite that roll off the tongue though. Right. I mean, no, Darth, Darth Kylo, I was never a huge fan of Darth Sidious either. That I mean, one's it not ro- great. It rolls out the tongue, but it's just a stupid name because it's literally like, oh, he's insidious. Like, yeah. And I mean... Good job, George. I love Do- you, buddy. But honestly, <laughs> I mean... Dooku's was so bad that they did oh, Darth I mean, Tyrannus. Like, <laughs> they said it Dooku. once in the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, Dar- Darth Tyrannus. Like, really? Darth yeah. Tyrannus? Like, what? T-Rex? He's yeah. He's Tyrant? I mean, come on. I get it. I get but, it. But, but in terms of the look of this guy, man, what do you think? I mean, he's he's got he is the most hybrid of a OT trooper and a first order because 
if you look around this waist, especially in the in the hot toy images. Yeah, I was gonna say. He, the hot he, toys. I mean, he's got the straight up stormtrooper utility belt that the yep. first order troopers didn't wear. Uh, his helmet, obviously, he's got the 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 eyes kind of split more into the mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. The eyes are slightly different than a first order trooper. I mean, like if we're Look at the Hot Toys pictures, or if you're following along with the post that we have linked in the in the cast shell, you have the Black Series image first. Scroll down a little bit further, you'll see the Hot Toys, and it's much more detailed. And yeah, like you can see the, the eyes look a bit more menacing than a typical First Order Trooper. The helmet also has what almost looks like ventilation slots or striations, like black color striations going all the way to the back. Um, and it does. I mean, whenever you have a... a a trooper like this or any sort of uniformed, um, you know, bad guy completely in red, it always has a more menacing look to it. And this falls in line. If we look at, you know, Palpatine, Palpatine had his Imperial Guard. Imperial Guards oh, wore yeah. red. Palpatine likes at, red. Oh, yeah. But then again, if we look at Snoke, Snoke, Hort, Snoke had the Praetorian Guards yep. also wore red. And then if Kylo has gone I mean, down, you could path, argue that the Praetorians were even more red than the Imperial Guards because at least the Guards had the black slit. Yeah, exactly. Praetorians, Praetorians were literally all red, red from top to bottom. Yeah, exactly. So I think that this could be Kylo's version of his own style of guard. You know, if he goes, you know, he is now the leader of the First Order, just like Palpatine was of the Empire, and Snoke previous right. to him was leader of the First Order. He needs his right. own. Guard All right, units. so what classifies them as a Sith trooper then? I mean, what what's what what do you think the difference is outside of obviously the armor? I mean, armor, are, are these guys force sensitive? It could it could be that it could be that they're trained in the ways of the Sith, you know, in in like a fighting style of the Sith, so right, they're like prepared they're just, to they're fight just against fueled Jedi. Fueled off their anger and hate and all that. Yeah, and you know, I mean. Typical First Order troopers, typical stormtroopers could not stand up to a Jedi. Like, you know, and, and at this point... That's kind of Ray, what I'm getting at. Is like, yeah. if you're called a Sith trooper, I, you would think you are far more advanced than a common trooper. And again, we, we know from canon, these, these First Order troopers are essentially conscripted as children, just like the younglings were back in the uh, Grand Republic. They're taken from their families, they're brainwashed, they were made into troopers. Yeah, uh, it just, I'm just wondering. All right, if I'm a a standard FN two one eight seven, how do I get to Sith trooper? Yeah, I mean you have to be. The Are cream you of force the crop. sensitive? I don't know. I mean that, that's why I really think this reveal is interesting. Again, not just because of the toys, which we're not going to go through all these. I mean, if you're going to SDCC, here's my recommendation: by me, the Black Series Sith trooper. By me. I'd even take the Funko Pop. Uh, <laughs> buy me the pen. Who cares about the Kabuki glass, the phone case? Who gives a shit? The little kid's costume. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, so if you're going, just buy me the toys. Yeah, get me the backpack because I'll sport that. I'll All right, yeah, that yeah, get, yeah. Get get Nick the back. I was gonna say the backpack's pretty nice, but I don't want to get too greedy since I'm asking <laughs> for all the toys. So, yeah, go ahead and buy Nick the unisex backpack. Seventy bucks. 
Not bad. Se- not 75 bad. if you throw in the Funko Pop. I mean, so you might you as well for deal. an extra five bucks. Yeah, yeah, you get the deal. You sling yeah. the, the Funko to Matt, and then you give me the backpack. <laughs> Act, dude, actually, that backpack's pretty fucking slick. It is. It looks really good. I so mean, it, it almost looks leather or pleather you know yeah it does it definitely has like a pleather look towards yeah, the top yeah. i right. mean even yeah that, yeah you can have that i'll yeah. even give you the pin right underneath it in the post you can have the pin pretty nice yeah t-shirt we'll give the pete the kabuki <laughs> glass i'll give to my daughter to drink shots she's three yep. <laughs> um, you, get, you should get the the costume at the bottom for her too. This is a a child. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, actually, I could wear that because I'm short, so I can. Oh fit yeah, it that. says perfect for fans of all ages, kids <laughs> and adults. There you go. Yeah, I would totally still fit in that. The bookmark. I mean, honestly, does do people really read anymore? I'll give that to Taylor. Taylor's a huge reader. She and needs she, a bookmark. She, she like reads actual tangible books and not oh, just yeah. on her phone. Okay. Nope. Right. She reads go. physical hand. Books. All right. So any of you listening, if you're going to SCCC, we basically have earmarked everything that is Sith Trooper early access. So Black Series for Matt, Hot Toys for Matt, uh, Funko for Matt. Backpack and Funko for Nick, pin for Nick, T-shirt for Taylor, Kabuki <laughs> glass for the the cat, and a bookmark for Taylor, and yep. a costume for Matt, even though it's a kid's costume. There we go. Okay, so, so sign us up. Again, we'll have this linked in the post. Uh, I will probably take the effort, even though I hate it, to put it into the YouTube version of the podcast if that's how you like it, but... Sith Trooper confirmed it's real. That is the Red First Order Trooper you've heard about, and he will be in force at SDCC. Not only will he be in collectible form, but he'll also be at this new uh, Stormtrooper costume exhibit they're going to be rolling out, which is going to feature every Stormtrooper costume to date, including the newest, the Sith Trooper. So that should be a pretty cool exhibit at SDCC. Beautiful. All right, man, moving on. So uh, other fandom, we got some pretty uh, good news for you galaxies of edgers out there this week, uh, especially Nick. I mean, he's going here in a few months. Uh, and it was, it was kind of curious to me because, Nick, uh, Disney announced this week that Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which is the 20-plus minute ride that is supposed to change what it means to be an amusement park ride, Disney announced that it's actually going to open first at the Orlando version of Galaxy's Edge, which, by the way, hasn't even opened yet. Yep. And it's going to open on December 5th, and then Anaheim's going to get their version of the ride on January 17th. So, Nick, to me, the interesting things here, I guess if you really think about Disney and the history, it it isn't that big of a surprise, but it also makes me go, okay, well— if Walt Disney World is the park, yep. how did you guys fuck up the opening of Galaxy's Edge and literally <laughs> open the one in Anaheim in May, and you're not going to open the one at Walt Disney World until the end of August? Yeah, so I think what happened there is they know that the park in California is a little bit easier to manage crowd-wise. Like, there's not... When you look at the park in California and you look at the at, at Disney World, there's just more volume of people at Disney World because there are so many different parks. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I mean, you're you're the junkie. So, uh, I mean, does does Anaheim kind of have the same setup? I mean, is there multiple parks within this no. massive area or is it literally just this is it, the park, that's it? 
Disneyland is just one park. Disney okay. World, and they just yeah. added Galaxy's Edge onto it. It's not you, you know what I'm talking about. Like yeah. Walt Disney World, it's like okay, I'm going to go to Universal today and see this stuff. Yeah, so I'm gonna go to Disneyland and see the castle or Epcot and see this. Yeah, exactly. So with with Disneyland in California, you only have one park. And that's all and that's all they did was with Galaxy's Edge they tacked it on to the park. Now with Disney World, you have four different parks. You have tons of land that Disney owned. They basically own the size of a full city within Florida. And they have, you know, hundreds of hotels on these properties. They have you know, tons of, uh, of people that are constantly over there. So I really think that the reason they launched initially within Disneyland in California is because the population was a little bit easier to control. You would have had a better kind of test group, especially given the location. You know, Los Angeles is a huge media population. So opening it there first, allowing the media people who are in that area in first is kind of good press, good PR, not that that wouldn't have happened in Orlando. And it's like, it's kind of like a testing ground. Like they used the the launch in Anaheim to basically set expectations for the launch in Orlando. Um, and it is, I do find it interesting that the rise of the resistance rise coming there first and that they're not opening simultaneously. Like I would assume if you're going to open them and both parks are open, you would want to open rise of the resistance pre-launch of the rise of skywalker at both parks but the the way that it's happening the way that we found out it's happening in this article um is that you're gonna have orlando open pre-launch december 5th and then anaheim's not opening until january 17th 2020 far off from the initial release of the rise of skywalker so it's definitely an odd choice here by disney overall but if you're if you're wanting to get your hands on with Rise of the Resistance pre Rise of Skywalker, you better start booking your Disney Orlando trip right now. I mean, it's it's still it's not even worth it. I mean, I still think Family Caminita should cancel their shit, <laughs> and you should dedicate one day to waiting in line for this ride. But I honestly think that's what it's going to take. Oh yeah, uh, I, mean, I think this. I honestly think this ride line is going to be five to six hours. Yeah, this is going to be one of the longest ride lines. I mean, when stuff like this opens up, it's almost impossible to get on it unless you get to the park first thing in the morning, and you line up from the second you get in. Now, the good thing is, is that the way Disney functions now is that they allow you to book your fast passes for rides before you even get to the park. No, so, I I, I, understand, I get that because we just did that in March, but I bet they're not doing that for this shit. There probably won't be a fast because pass. Because I, I believe even with the Falcon ride in Anaheim that there are no fast passes. Yeah, usually for brand new attractions like this, they don't open it up for fast passes until you know X amount of time after it's been open. This one is going to be you get there, you wait as long as you have to. Just for perspective... I was there in Disney World the first year that the Seven Dwarves Minecart ride opened in 
Magic Kingdom. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but I'm it's guessing like a, it was probably popular at the time. Oh, yeah. It was super popular. And when I mean super super popular, I mean 180-minute wait constantly. Three dude, hours. I mean, I, I, was, I was there in March at, at Universal, whatever the fuck it's called. What is it called? Magic Kingdom... Epcot uh, with all Im- the bullshit, like the bullshit, the Star Tours and all oh, that. that's um, Hollywood Studios. There you go, not Universal. Yeah, Universal's idiot. Harry Potter World. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the uh, the the Toy Story line was still three hours. Oh yeah, dude. If Toy you didn't Story- have Fast Pass, it was still fucking three hours. Toy Story is super popular. Like there there are rides that will always that you will never get in a line that's under 60 minutes regardless of the the time of year that you go, regardless of the weather, anything like that. You're always going to sit in an hour long wait at least. Oh yeah, I I can imagine. That's why I'm saying with these new ones, you might as well not even bother going until A they either implement fast pass or B you waited 5 years. Yeah, basically this is what you have to do. The good thing is is that Disney doesn't allow people to line up outside of their parks um before, you know, X amount of time before opening. So if you wake up early in the morning, you you get up when the first buses start riding from the resorts inside the grounds, you catch that first bus, go to Hollywood Studios, you get in line to get in as soon as the gates open, then you got a shot to get there Ugh. and get on the ride. Sh- I mean, it just stresses me out. I mean, I'm still sitting here going, where where are all the news about the fucking themed hotels? The, do those even exist anymore at this point? Oh, yeah. I mean, they'll come out, but stuff like that is, yeah, that takes a little bit longer. I guess they, they delayed the building of... Uh. The hotel, the hotel itself, to wait until a majority of the of the park extension itself was done. But there are still supposed to be the, like you said, the Starship style cocksuckers. Uh, that's hotels. all I want. Like that's when I want to go because I, I want to go to the nines. Yeah, I'm talking. You know, put myself in the debt for a few months. <laughs> I just I don't mm. know when that time's going to be, and I don't know if I can go as soon as i want to because of the way i handle crowds and and idiots i i don't like people i mean in general i hate humanity i mean honestly probably one of the better times of the year to go if you want to go kind of soon after it releases after this park opens and after rise of the resistance comes out february like middle of oh, yeah, I, you're probably right, but we're still talking about Star Wars. So I, oh, yeah. I, I, I believe in my heart that this whole dual park, whatever, opening rides, it, it's going to be a disaster for at least three years. It's going to be hard to. I mean, they're already. I mean, the, the moment Anaheim went public, they turn away people within the first hour or two of the park opening. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, it, 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 you know, the first, what, it was a month or so, you could reserve time slots and they'd kick yep. you out. But I believe at the beginning of July or end of June, they went, okay, it's public. And the stories I've been reading, it, within the first hour or two of opening, it's done. Yeah, it's packed to capacity. Yeah, I mean, like just even, no, no more people. Yeah, even the parks in Disney, people don't realize that, but the parks in Disney World actually have a capacity limit, and they will keep people out if they're yeah, over yeah, yeah. It's so just, like, I mean, everyone has just been used to all the multiple parks to go to, and there's never been a, a capacity issue because it's not been Star Wars. Uh, I, I, I would imagine maybe the Harry Par- Harry Potter when it first opened, maybe, but I doubt it. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, as mean, big as Harry Potter is, it, it's it's an it, it's basically a gnat's ass compared to Star Wars fandom. Yeah, they, they'll shut down the parks pretty quick once once people start filling in. So I really hope because I'm going, you know, into middle middle of November, end of November, that I can make it in every day because you know. I want to go to it every day. I feel like I have to go to it every yeah, day. You're, you're, I mean, honestly, dude, you're going to basically have to plan for each day. What can I get done within three hours at this park? And it's basically, okay, day one, I'm just going to suck it up and get punched in the dick and wait in line for Rise of Resistance. For Falcon. Because Rise of right, Resistance yeah, is okay. going to be open for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you, I forgot you guys fucked that up. <laughs> All right, so day one, you got to wait for the Falcon. Day two, you're probably going to have to wait to build lightsaber. your lightsaber. Day yep. three, you're probably going to have to wait to fucking, you know, drink some blue milk and steal shit from the park to sell on eBay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yep. Yep. you almost will need a week just to do the basic shit at this point in time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I would wager, I mean, I don't have to wager. It, it's a fact. At this point in time, if you go to either of the edges when the when Orlando opens end of August, you're not getting shit done in a day. I mean, you might get one thing done. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, if they, if I had to pick two things to do, I mean, there's stuff that I want to do. I want to walk the whole park. I want to look at everything. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, you it. have to it's do the Falcon. Falcon, Falcon, and then I mean, the lightsaber. Yes. I Those agree. are the two must-dos. I agree, because it really, the rest of the shit is, like you said, you can just kind of walk through and experience it. I mean, buying the food at the food court, big fucking deal. I mean, all right, yeah, it's themed, but in the end, it's still shitty fucking fried food. Yeah. Uh, the drinks, cool, whatever. They're still drinks. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can, uh, I can buy a Coke and a cool bottle. It ain't going to take me that long. But. Right. You can get your fucking burnt Ronto ass at, <laughs> at whatever the fuck the place is called. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really going to be the ride and probably the lightsabers are going to be ridiculous. So maybe the droid building factory. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a nightmare. And that's why you're going now, not me, because if I went, I'd probably start killing people. Yeah, they, they would or at least you jump. Out. Yeah, or at least <laughs> jumping off a cliff if I could find a cliff in Orlando. Yeah. So, so anyways, uh, uh, Rise of the Resistance, surprisingly, not surprisingly, I mean, Walt Disney World is the park. And by the way, December 5th is Walt's birthday. That is no uh, coincidence. It's all planned. So Rise of Resistance opening at the Orlando version of Galaxy's Edge on the 5th, Anaheim version on the 17th. So those of you that get to go and do it, all I can tell you is fuck you. <laughs> All right, so moving on uh, into more kind of just random fandom stuff. Uh, we, we put this out on the 9th of July, and the reason I put it out there is, A, because it's an interesting video, and B, because it's one of my good friends. So uh, if you ever heard of uh, Quarter Digital, Quarter Crew, they're a fairly famous YouTube channel, especially if you're in the, in the video game verse. Uh, but they've started this new si series on Quarter Crew where they, they kind of sit down and a lot of the times they'll break down VFX and old movies, new movies, if it was good or bad, how to improve. Uh, but they, they do other things. And they're essentially react videos. So you, you have filmmaking professionals reacting to films, giving their insights, their opinions on was it good, bad, this, that, and the other thing. So one of their most recent videos, they did a stuntman react video. And the 
subject of the video just happens to be my boy Hank the Gank. Obviously, that's not his real name. If you watch the video, you can learn his real name. It's Eric Linden. Uh, I've talked about him on this podcast before. The dude's been in the stunt game for 14 years. He's a stunt coordinator and the Punisher on Netflix. Uh, doubled Chris O'Donnell in, in on uh, NCIS LA. He's been in the 300 movies, Endgame movies. He's legit. So anyways, Nick, he, he sits down with these guys, and they're, they're going through some various stunts in recent movies. And lo and behold, one movie they zero in on is The Last Jedi. So I took great pleasure in watching my friend, who I know hates The Last Jedi, <laughs> break down a, a, a stunt-focused scene of The Last Jedi. And, and why I enjoyed this in particular is because Hank and I don't see eye-to-eye on The Last Jedi, right? Yep. I mean, yep. you know this. We talked about this on the cast. If you're just listening now, uh, I love the guy. I mean, he's the guy that forced me to go to Star Wars Celebration two and make my and had my mom make a fucking Jedi robe. I mean, he is a Star Wars nut. Okay, he's not just one of these idiots out there that hates Star Wars because Disney took it over, but he's starting to become one of those idiots that hates Star Wars because Disney took it over because of the Last Jedi. So Hank. whatever. Get yes. on the train, Hank. Come on. Yeah. Come he, back. He's buddy. never going to get on it. But <laughs> I, I think this video, at least for me, Nick, revealed, and, and I've kind of known this, it revealed to me why he probably doesn't like it as much. Because I can tell you now that this guy's been behind the camera. He's done some second unit directing on major movies. It jades motherfuckers, all right? When you start working in film, it's clear it jades you in terms of being a fan of film and just being able to go to a movie and watch it. Yeah. Because now he watches every movie with the behind-the-camera eye. It's a critical eye, and I, I don't blame him. It's his profession. So anyways, long story short, doesn't like The Last Jedi, but one of the things that really bothered bothered him in The Last Jedi are the, the fights, in particular the, the throne room fight. And... As I watched him break down the throne room fight, and again, this is when we had the big reveal that Kylo turns on Snoke and blah, blah, blah. Him and Ray team up and fight the Praetorians. So when I first watched it, Nick, and I'm assuming you're the same way, and I know you didn't like his TLJ as much as I did first time through, and I've kind of lessened on it a bit, but I'm never going to be a hater. When I saw that throne room fight, I was more consumed with the fact that, holy shit, Snoke's dead. These two look like they're teaming up. This is kind of fucking awesome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's exactly really, what I was thinking. I wasn't really <laughs> paying close attention to the action. No. I mean, if we if we wanted to sit down and break down the, the fight like Eric does here, we would have definitely... I don't think we would have caught nearly all of the things that he would have, but we probably could have been like, you know... These guys are supposed to be trained fighters. How did they fall for Or, you know, right. pick out these, you know, little obvious flaws. But, yeah, I was way too consumed in, like, holy shit, Snoke just got cut in half. And exactly. Kylo and Rey have teamed up. This is badass. And also just the setting and the visuals of that fight were pretty fucking cool. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely tricked us with, with film magic. But when you, when you have a guy like Eric break it down, they slow it down, show it, the fight is beyond pathetic. Oh, man. It is so bad. Like, it, I mean, trust me, I don't agree with this guy on much of his critiques of TLJ because he's kind of in the Looney Tune category. Yeah. I mean, the moment he's like, oh, man, I think it's worse, or it's like prequel level, that's when I was just like, okay, you're, you're a fucking idiot. 
Definitely not that bad. I can. But but honestly, that. when I watch this video of him reacting to the stunts and him actually giving insights into it, I I, I couldn't help but be like, okay, yeah, th- this this fight is trash. It is. Yeah. It, it, it's a garbage fight. It really is a garbage fight. I mean. Uh, the stunt guys in the Praetorian costumes, you can tell they have to delay nearly every move so the actors can catch up with them. Half the time, the actors are swinging at shit that isn't there. Uh, as Hank put, it's just a boring fight in general because none of the two Force users are using the Force. There's no twisting, flipping, jumping like uh, Darth Maul did in Episode 1. Yep. Uh, so, like I said, I, I won't agree with Hank much on TLJ and why he hates it, but this one, I- I'm with him now 100%. I mean, if you really watch it from a critical eye, uh, just knowing stunt fights, choreography, how things should flow, it's a disaster. And look, you know, in this instance, you know, Eric may have the view that he does on the movie, but he is a professional and like he's not coming at The Last Jedi and and the throne fight scene to like shit on it. He's literally saying, right, as a professional, here is what I see. Right. Like, look, literally, he goes to swing, but he can't swing because the actor's not ready yet to receive it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, well, when you look at it this way, it looks dumb as shit. I mean, it looks like a choreographed fight. Yeah. And and look, we both know, everybody listening should know that that Daisy and Adam are not trained fighters. Obviously, they go through choreography. They go through training exercises during the preparation for the movie. But there's no amount of time that these two could put in to bring themselves to the level that these stuntmen are. Right. So, I mean... But but yeah. neither were you and or Hayden. Yeah, but true. I mean this kind of pains me. Yeah, and I mean look, I'm not going to talk about the 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 Rots fight because I'll tell you right now that that's basically just as much garbage as this one. But they do use the force, and there's not as many misses because it's literally the two actors doing it the whole time. Exactly, they're, they're not really uh, dueling with a professional swordsman. Yeah, I mean the one thing that you can say about the Rots fight. They don't go for kill shots ever, like you said before. The pacing of it is what makes it interesting because it's fast. Like, they keep moving. Right, it's just their moves are just stupid. Like, if you really look at it, I mean, what is it, Nick? I believe they're still in that control room, and they're literally just waving (laughs) swords in front of each other. Like, wow, 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 wow. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, if you're the chosen one, drop your goddamn lightsaber, take your two hands, and squish the motherfucker to death. Yeah, like I mean, what, are, what are we like? If you're gonna sit there and just be like, wow, 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 look, I can, I can fucking do my saber in a figure eight faster than you. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, what when the you, fuck is this? When you watch that fight, you can tell that it was made completely for flash, and there was no substance there at all. <laughs> for this, I mean, and you could see it in if we even go back to the the forest fight. They start riding around those fucking floating things on the lava oh when they're like uh, on the on the wires, like crossing each other and just smacking their lightsaber. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But um, it still looks more technically complete than that fight in the T in TLJ. It does, because like you said, they it's not professionals mixed in it's two guys who have been working together for years at that point i mean starting from oh yeah and you knew i mean if you watch any of the extended bts for the prequels i mean those two if anything 
they cared more about their sword work than any other oh, yeah. aspect of their performance, which oh, yeah. shows. Yeah, definitely I mean, in, in Hayden. I mean, I, I can't really shit on Ewan except for some of his deliveries and rots. I mean, even then, I don't know if I can play. I mean, uh, Jedi, smaller than this. It's like, <laughs> fuck. Like, that line right there is like, anyone, you watch that shit and you're trying to tell me that Revenge of the Sith has good writing or story. It's like, uh, fuck that was, you. I was a bit cringy for sure. How, that line. How could this happen? We're smaller than this. <laughs> what? What? But what? you are right. Like their their sword fighting ability. Granted, it wasn't you know the the fight wasn't choreographed well. But what they did in it and the skill that it took to just execute what they were executing was impressive. Like. It wasn't it wasn't a fight that was in any way meant to be indicative of either of them trying to kill each other but like they did some cool spins they had some cool flashy tactics with their lightsabers and they moved fast which is I mean, what dude, made it end, brother it comes down to this the best sword play to date is still the battle in the um, the the Theed hangar between Darth Maul, Qui Gon, and Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, it, there there's no better fucking fight. There there isn't. Yeah, and it's I, all because of Ray fucking Park. Yeah, because Ray Park was he's a master. He continues to be a master into his old age, and like he carried that fight. He essentially like he was like, look, you guys just follow my lead, and I will make you look good. And but, he did. I mean, yeah, you're right. But in the in the sense of the characters, it. it it worked because Jedi's aren't flashy fighters. No, at no. least this version of the Jedi, they're not. I mean, if, if you really want to get nerdy people, we can talk about what is it—the the seven forms of lightsaber shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jedi aren't jumping around, using the Force, fucking using the dark side, choking motherfuckers. That's why Darth Maul kicked ass because he used his acrobatics, the dark side, his lightsaber skills, his bow staff skills. There, there, there's no better fight. There really is not, and that—that's why I still go back to these motherfuckers trying to put TPM as the worst Star Wars movie ever. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> no, and there's like, no chance. I mean, there's no chance, especially considering we live in a world where Attack of the Clones was made. But there's just no chance because of Darth Maul. Period. Yeah, and the fights, and I, the goddamn song that complements the best fight in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I mean, Duel of Faiths. You can't argue about that. There's no I mean, argument there. It is the best, <laughs> like, the best combination of everything. I mean, if you want to get down to, to me, what is the most emotional, memorable, you've heard it before, people. If you listen to this podcast, son versus father, ROTJ, doesn't get better than that. See, I would like to hear Eric's perspective on what he thinks the most accurate to life fight is in star wars like well, I, I, i'm telling you right now it's going to be the it's tpm fine. i mean it's bec- it was he even brought it up in this breakdown we're talking about i mean literally when he's like this is what i would have done they were showing clips of the darth maul fight yeah and he think- literally says look at the darth maul fight i would have done more like that more jumping use the force to ma- manipulate your your move sets the area yeah you know why isn't ray fucking raising people throwing them or force pushing or fucking doing backflips to get away from stuff yeah see i think if you if you look at all the fights across all the movies the one that is the most realistic is probably episode five luke versus vader because it wasn't 
It nah, wasn't you're meant right, to be because fast. at that point in time, Vader didn't have the skills that he did as Anakin because he is a broken man. Yeah. And Luke was still a novice. Yeah. It, it was. So, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Like, it wasn't flashy. Like, if you go back and watch, I mean, watch Empire. That fight's not flashy. The most flashy thing in that fight is Luke jumping out of the, uh, the dude, I mean, there, there's, containment let's thing. be real. There is no, I mean, flash isn't even a word you could use for any of the lightsaber flight uh, fights prior to Darth Maul. Yeah, I mean, the flashiest thing done in any of them is when Vader threw a saber and cut down the bridge. <laughs> and he still, he still throws it. Like he's a robot. I mean, oh, he yeah. throws it like, Ugh. You're like his whole body turns left. Yeah, I mean, he literally has back. to like to throw a little lightsaber. And you, again, the guy has a force. He literally has to like wing his whole fucking right side around to launch it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I dude, I love the the Rache fight. It is everything to me. And on the right day, it can still make me cry now, even fucking 500 viewings in. But it's still kind of a very more traditional fencing, sluggish, attack, parry, attack, parry, slash, slash, big yeah. deal, move slow. I mean, the fastest it gets is at the end when Luke channels the dark side, and he's like, it you're not like going to fuck up my sister. He's like, no. Overhand fucking Yeah, he runs boom, at him. He's literally boom. just, he's like fucking uh, sledgehammer slashing his dad yeah. <laughs> until he beats him down with the dark side and then chops his hand off. And that's when he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he's like, I, yeah I, okay, it may have may channeled Anakin a little too much there. I'm going to dial it back because I'm not a fucking pussy like him. All right, deep breath. Hey, Emperor, fuck you. I passed your test. Eat a dick. Shock me. <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically what happened. So, yeah. anyways, it, it's a good video to watch. I mean, like I said, I don't agree with Hank on most of his TLJ stuff, but in the end, people, that's what opinions are all about. Right? We don't all have to agree on Star Wars, and that's the problem we now face in the fandom, where it, it's become, if you don't like something or if you hate something, you're a fucking cocksucker, eat a dick. Nice. Okay, everyone, <laughs> just, just get over it. It's fucking fake. It's sci-fi. Just have fun. If other yeah. people want to have fun with one movie and you hated it, who cares, right? Enjoy cares? the galaxy far, far away. But when it people. comes down to it, the throne room fight in TLJ kind of is a pile of shit. All right? <laughs> there we go. So Nice. All right, dude. I don't know what happened this week, man, but it was almost like it was the Mandalorian coming out party. Uh, I attribute it to probably Favreau doing the press rounds for The Lion King, which is dropping probably when you guys are listening to this on Friday. Uh, so he was out and about talking about But uh, the first thing we got here is a confirmation that the Mandalorian is going to be a D23. Uh, the surprising thing to me, Nick, is that D23 is taking place a month later than usual, right? I mean, yep. D23 is almost always a July event. Yeah. Uh, typically before SDCC, right? Like, it would be going on almost right now. Yeah, it's like a con, like right in kind of the beginning of con season. So if people, you know, on the video game slash comic book con. Right, because SCCC like, is, is next week or when you're listening, the weekend coming up. So they always avoid that. But I always felt like they either tried to run it before or after SDCC, like yeah. immediately, not a month after. Yeah, the the one last year, I believe, was the first week of July. I could, I'd have to go back and confirm. It was either the first or third week. But... um. This one is super late, and I don't know if it has to do with the fact that that right now is when all of the you know the hubbub around the release of 
Galaxy's Edge is going on in California and they're preparing for the opening of Galaxy's Edge in Orlando. It could it could have something to do with that. Um, but in general, yeah, there, there, I don't see a particular reason why they would have delayed it. Like there's nothing that's coming out aside from the Mandalorian release in November and then the Rise of Skywalker release in December that they would want to push. Yeah, I mean, thank God they don't have Mary Poppins 3 coming out or they have to delay, delay Star Wars for that, right? Yeah, I mean, we could have been in another have, Heaven situation. forbid you try to roll out a Star Wars movie in December when you have fucking Mary Poppins coming out. Mary Poppins is a powerful yeah. title. Uh, let, let's go ahead and bury Solo so we can give Mary Poppins its its time in the sun. Yeah, so with D23 coming up August 23rd, it is confirmed via StarWars.com that Favreau and Filoni will be yeah. there along with other special guests. So you what do you think, probably... dude? You, you think they're going to see the same shit we saw, or do you think they're going to do something new and release and finally release something publicly? I think that it's going to be something new, because at this point, the, the material that we saw at Celebrations probably... I mean, people probably know about it, even though they didn't it, ever they, release it. It's still not out, though. Yeah. I mean, they didn't I don't know if that. you can find bootleg versions at this point. Um, but this is like... D23 are like... They're your Disney shareholders. Like, you right. Don't I mean, this is like Disney stuff. Fest. This yeah. is for the Disney freaks. Well, you know, was, uh, I'm not using freak in a <laughs> derogatory manner. It's the people that love their Disney. Yeah, exactly. This is like, you know, it, this is like Star Wars celebration for it Disney It is. I people. mean, it's a fucking, <laughs> it, it, you're exactly, that's it. That's exactly what I was going to say, but I was going to say it in a lot longer way. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, so. It is. It's Star Wars celebration for Disney. Yeah, and this, with this opportunity, I don't think that they would reuse it. I think that they're probably going to show, especially since we're much closer in, on August 23rd to the release, they're probably going to show some some good new footage that may not be maybe seen like a full yet. on trailer. You think? I think that that could be it. Yeah, because at that time, because I, I mean, mean the, the stuff we saw, Nick, it was either featurette based or just scenes, a series of yeah, a scene like literally a whole scene played out. Yeah, exactly. So I think that. August 23rd is a perfect time to drop a trailer. So you do the reveal at D23. You post it up on YouTube and all of the social yeah. shit after that. Yeah. And then you know, you know, six weeks later, your your whole platform's dropping. And, you know, that's a perfect way to get the hype started. And then you also have all have the we other content. Is this a launch title for sure? Yeah, this is a launch, right. launch but title. But is, is it November or is it earlier in November? It's November... I can't remember exactly. We have an article on the site that that cites when uh, Disney Plus releases and all of the release titles along with it. Um, I just don't I, remember. It's I, November. I, it, it, it doesn't matter. Just sign me the fuck up. Oh yeah, I like one hundred percent. What do you mean? Day what do you mean? Like I, I'll purchase. take on this this eight dollar expense a month. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take it happily. And I'll be watching The Mandalorian Season 1, and I'll watch any other exclusive Disney Plus content that yeah, comes I mean, it, to it. Really, with Disney Plus, I'm going to start to consider, do I even need Netflix anymore? But I'm, I'm going, yeah, because I like watching all these old Star Trek shows they put on There's it. still good shit on there, for I'm sure. I'm not kidding, dude. Man. I'm having a blast reliving TNG, because when it first came out, you know, you were not even born. <laughs> I was probably 10 or whatever. Now, you would have been alive, but you would have been like a baby. Yeah. 
Because I, th- I think go. TNG started maybe 91, 92. Yeah, I was three, three or four years old. I, I just, I've, I always liked the show back then. I mean, I'd just throw it on casually as a little kid in my room to pass out to or whatever. Uh, but I, I just, I love it. I love The Next Generation. And I, I'm on season four on Netflix. I love Picard. Seeing him again, I'm almost now going to have to buy CBS All Access to see the new Picard series coming out. Isn't it, is it? the next season of discovery or is it a complete it's just no, called it, picard it's, yeah it's literally a series on picard you know what's nuts about that dude is it's been thir- almost 30 years since the release of tng and patrick stewart looks exactly the fucking same i love the guy <laughs> the dude doesn't yeah. age he's <laughs> he's um he's not as ageless as keanu yeah cuz keanu literally doesn't age i mean i know you've seen the memes where i mean they've got like fortunes of guys from like the 1400s yeah that look just like him they're pretty much saying that he's essentially immortal he's a vampire he's yeah, never he's, gonna he's yeah. immortal but you're, you're right on stewart but it's almost like he hit a certain age and then once he went bald he was always locked in at that look exactly like as soon as he lost but you are right his it's basically hair. his his picard look has been his look for the past 30 plus years yeah he's never gonna drop it either and if he stays like that like the only time you ever see his age is if he grows a beard because it's gray i mean like it's gray i mean my yeah because he, he did gray. that 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 neo-nazi movie yeah where i believe he wore a beard in it because he's like a leader of a neo-nazi cult i forget it's like green something green yeah it was Inferno or i remember the movie it's, it's actually a pretty good movie and i mean i always love sir patrick stewart i mean i do he is one of my favorite guys i mean obviously start with star trek and then his x-men turn oh yeah uh, i mean him as professor x was just immeasurable like but i mean can. yeah i mean engage 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 i mean dude, I, I'm, like, I'm jacked to go watch an episode after this I, I don't know why. I mean, I've I've always appreciated Star Trek, but it's never even been remotely to my level of appreciation of Star Wars. So I've always been that guy. I mean, I, I, I do like, I almost love Star Trek. I, I love the Star Trek movies with, with Kirk. I loved when they had the crossover with Picard. I love the TNG movies. I don't know. I mean, Star Trek to me, it's just, it's always been kind of the more tame sci-fi yeah uh i i think the main reason i never loved as much as star wars is because of how boring the ships look uh to me the enterprise and stuff just looks hokey as fuck it's that and it's so much i mean i know that star trek is meant for long-form tv it's a a tv series but like the action in Star Trek can't really measure. No, up you're, to you're the right. You're Wars. right. I mean, Star Trek is not an action-based series. It's more. It's more of a, a drama. Dare I say, a sci-fi drama. You know. Yeah. You uh, know, you, you're not gonna have sword battles. I mean, the phasers are stupid. They're like peas. Like, right. <laughs> uh, even the ship battles are weak. It's like shields up, red alert. Okay, phasers, proton yeah. torpedoes. It's like all right, but the, the ships are literally sitting still i mean there's no fighters or anything like that I no mean, it's shuttles. just like the, the cruisers are your battleships as well and i mean like the people out there who have been lifelong star trek fans are gonna hate me when i say this but like the best 
representation of action in Star Trek was done by JJ with the reboot. Oh, of course, of course. With with the first one. I mean, like, of course. When when the Enterprise warps in and blows up the Romulan ship, you couldn't beat that. Like that was as good as Star Trek ship battles can get. Like. That was it. Oh, and they, I, don't, I mean, like, you're you right. I mean, the, the, the Star Trek reboots, it's a bummer that it all fell apart and they couldn't lock up Chris Pine for this, that, or the other reason. But I, I loved the, the Star Trek reboots. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the look. third one is probably the weakest, but I, I would have watched another trilogy with that cast. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the, the cast was perfect. I loved how J.J. kind of rebooted the timeline so you could kind of do this new stuff without permanently erasing everything from the past uh but as you said purists hated it and and i don't know i mean as a star wars fan if someone came in and rebooted the prequels i'd probably be like sweet yeah i mean (laughs) okay yeah awesome you know the 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 one thing that was hard and is still hard for like hardcore old eu fans is that there was a lot like when they when they came out and said like hey all this is is gone like it was never on screen material, but it was very good stories that people were attached to. So that was the only thing that's even close to kind of what happened with Star Trek. But, but again, I, I like you said, like it doesn't it was, wipe it. Right. Like, it was still the there. way they did it was it was still safe. And if you just believe in the fake science fiction, by the way, you can justify it. Like, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, they created a, an alternate reality. It's, it's essentially a yeah, it's a multiverse. It's a new timeline. I mean, yeah, okay, it, it's out there. We we've done it before. I mean, they explained it in depth in Endgame. If you move a stone, you 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 create a spur. Yeah. Okay, there you go. All right. All right. Anyways, Star Trek within Star Wars. That's kind of what we do. But uh, moving on with the other Mandalorian thing, and, and I think this is even more exciting. But it's something we we've, we've actually written about in the past but now we have confirmation so as i said favreau's out on the town promoting the lion king he was on jimmy kimmel uh by the time you're listening to this a few nights back but it's a good interview i mean i love favreau and i love kimmel uh we got the video up there if you want to watch it but towards the end of the interview kimmel being kimmel he always goes to try to get some star wars stuff from star wars people uh there you go my friends so he asked John, like, hey, man, can you tell us anything about the Mando? And, you know, John gives a quote. He's like, oh, hell is breaking loose in the Outer Rim, and it's about the scum and villainy that now wants to take out the rule of law. What happens? Chaos takes over. But the key thing here is just kind of casually John reveals, like, yeah, hey, Jimmy, season one's in the can coming out, launching with Disney+, Plus, but I can tell you I am currently writing season two. I mean, was it ever in question? Was it ever in question? That no, it wasn't, Nick. <laughs> we, we actually, I looked. We actually do have a rumor post like, hey, rumor John's working on season two. But it, it's still to this day, to this time, well, who knows when you listen to it what's going to happen. It, no one from Lucasfilm and Disney has come out and said, yes, Mandalorian S2 is going down. But John yeah. himself essentially just confirmed that. I mean, yeah, John, basically, if you want to put it in a sense that's not, you know, putting it out there as official, what they're doing is they have no way of tracking how this show is going to do yet. They can't even see how the platform's going to do yet. So what they're telling Favreau is, hey, get season two ready because when this hits, like we know it's going to hit. We just have to figure out how big when it hits. We want to be ready with season two immediately. Yeah, I mean, 
So, but it's, it's logical. Well, yeah. when we saw the fucking panel, dude, we were sitting there going, "How do you end this after ten episodes?" No, yeah, absolutely. The, like the with, way... with with the, with the time, the money, the cast, and how jazz the cast was. You can't end this after one season. No, absolutely not. Like the story, we haven't even seen what the primary story no. is, but we know that the story is going to take more than ten episodes to get through. So, like. It's just it was a it was a like a, a false hope if you thought that Mandalorian was gonna have one season and we go straight into Cassian as the only other live action like put that out of your head we're gonna have Cassian and Mando going season and season well, and kind of flowing like that so hopefully I mean we're gonna have to something to make up for Game of Thrones I mean I know we're getting a prequel for that eventually but yeah you know, we need these long form geek shows I mean I'll, I'll admit Stranger Things season three immaculate i loved it I, i'm not done yet uh but compared to season two it, it's it, it's like thank god they're back uh, i i thought season two stranger things was pretty pretty bunk pretty weak nothing like season one season three is almost making season one look silly at this point yeah season three is strong oh my god the the, the duffer brothers or whoever the fuck they are it's like they took their notes on the criticism from two it's it's phenomenal yeah they I they mean, really it, kicked it, it up is apart. absolutely expert level streaming tv bulk tv i just can't bulk shit for some reason i can't do it <laughs> I can't binge. I don't know why. I just I can't. It's do probably it. good that you can't do that. For just better overall for your mental stability. But I, I dude, I know there's some heavy spoilers, and I've I've been lucky to avoid them. But I I just feel like it's a ticking time bomb at this point. Yeah, you got to get through it. I mean, the good thing I, is, I have three episodes to go. I'm on yeah. six, and I'll probably get six done tonight, depending on how late we go. But I'll, I'll probably still stay up to do it. Yeah, I mean it's. Um, fantastic like the last episode's like an hour 15 so get ready for like almost movie length okay um but dude it's it's well worth it and also this is no spoilers last episode watch into the credits a little bit you'll get like a marvel-esque scene oh there's a stinger huh yeah there's a stinger in the credits so so prepare but yeah, dude, I mean, that was fantastic. And with Disney+, Plus, we get Star Wars+, Plus, we get Marvel. We know that we're getting a Loki-Hawkeye Loki, series. Um, or a Lo- Hawkeye-Falcon series. N- new Captain America. Well, new Cap, let's yeah. Be, I can tell you right now, he's. my buddy's already told me Falcon's Cap in, in this series, by the way. Okay, I mean, that makes sense, because yeah. at the end of Endgame, like, also, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, I'm not even going to call spoilers on this yeah, shit. I mean, it's come like, on, people. If you haven't seen it yet, go fuck yourself. Yeah, honestly. like, you know, Cap gives him the shield, so you know yeah. he's Captain America. Like, No, because they, they, I don't know if you saw any of the rumors around Far From Home, but they considered debuting Falcon as Cap in Far From Home, but they're saving it for the show now. Okay, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I'm down for Which, that. Which, by the way, Far From Home, probably the best Spider-Man movie ever. Thank that you. I don't doubt that I haven't seen it yet. I want. I'm hoping that we're gonna be able to make some time to go see it yeah, this weekend. Go, go see it this weekend, buddy. It's. I've seen it twice already. It's it's great. It, it's a great bookend to end game. It helps to kind of put that pain to bed, while also setting up what's to come. Yeah. What I and also the, and heard, the stingers and that motherfucker. It's like holy shit. <laughs> I, like, I, oh. I heard a, a very. I don't know if this is true. This is a rumor I read somewhere. But I heard that if that movie doesn't make a bill, that the rights revert back to Sony. 
and that would be the worst possible thing you could do to Spider-Man well, as a character. Sony still has the rights. I mean, it, it, I can tell you right now, you go watch a movie, it's Sony this, Sony that. You don't see Disney anywhere. Yeah, but I think it's that like Disney doesn't they like Marvel Studios loses the right to use them to okay, use I, him. I I don't. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I just that at, again, at this like, point in time, Sony <laughs> would be pig-headed and ignorant to sit there and be like, no. You guys that have basically turned Marvel into gold, you can't use him anymore. Yeah, you We're can't. We're going to go back to ruining him and wasting him. Yeah, exactly. Like, until Marvel Studios and Disney decided, hey, like, we will help you with this, Spider-Man was trash. Like, usually, but I, I, the sad thing, I don't even want to call it trash because when they came out, they were good. I mean, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies people were entertaining for the time being. They were. We One didn't have two. MCU three before that. We we didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Two, three's, <laughs> three's garbage. We didn't know what quality comic book movies were yet. Right? Yeah. So they were good. And I enjoyed the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. I liked the first one. The second one, second I one have to wonky. go back and watch it, it again. It gets a little wonky because they were trying to introduce so much shit to keep it going for the next one. Yeah. And then, and then the next one never happened. But, like, I... Everybody hated Andrew Garfield as no, Spider-Man. I, I, I liked. I, I kind of liked him. Yeah, he wasn't bad because he still looked kind of young. I mean, yeah, whatever. But for all intents and purposes, Tom fucking Holland is Peter Parker. Like they finally found the guy. Yeah, I mean, because they went for a kid, like a younger right. person, it's, like it's, fucking. It's, it's age correct. This, that, yeah. and the other thing. Yeah, I mean, I th- I even think that when Toby was doing it, he was in his mid to late twenties. Oh, like, easily, easily, like easily. He, you gotta get if you're gonna if you want an older actor, fine. But like, go early twenties if you're gonna go twenties at all. Like, find a teenage no, kid. I mean, dude, Tom's per- I mean, he's Tom a fucking is, yeah. he's a gymnast. I mean, he does a lot of the fucking flips and shit himself. I don't know if people know that. I mean, he's literally can do he can do that shit. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he just, he's a perfect Peter Parker. So anyways, there's your second tangent of the cast. Man, we're all over the place. Yes, there. but hey, we're, we're about to move into the meat of the night in terms of the news, and that's our episode nine stuff. Obviously, that's the stuff we still don't know if it's real or not. It's all speculation. Uh, but Daisy Ridley, our lovely Ray, I mean, she's been out and about promoting Ophelia. So these are a little old, but, you know, we took a break and we didn't feel like talking about it during our We Love the Fan cast. Uh, but anyways, we're here now. So Daisy Ridley, as I said, was out and about promoting Ophelia, and she was dropping a few bombs on the Rise of Skywalker. So uh, the first one she dropped, Nick picked up on, she talks about the fights between Kylo and Ray in episode nine and how the one fight where we've actually seen an image from where if you uh, read the Vanity Fair article, you saw the two of them fighting on what looks like the top of the Millennium Falcon in some sort of water. Yeah. It looks nuts. Are they in an ocean? They're probably in an ocean where the Death Star's at. Who knows? But shit's getting crazy. So anyways, Nick, I'll kind of let you you roll with this. Yeah. So, you know, speaking – to a bunch of different people. She's on the she's on the interview circuit now and really what what she's talking about in this fight is not only the fun that they had doing it like she was saying there was water being thrown at them. They're outside. It's the middle of November and it's freezing. So her and Adam were having a lot of fun with that. But then she also went into how 
the fight also plays on the relationship building that's going on in this movie between her, you know, between Ray and Kylo and between these two entities that we think are somehow connected, but we don't know yet. And that's one thing that she really hits on is that the relationship building that's been done throughout this entire series of movies, not just in the rise of Skywalker will come to this beautiful sort of culmination in the rise of Skywalker. Um, and then also, you know, while talking about the fight and about just Tross in general, the, the fact that Colin Trevorrow was had at one point been on this movie had come up and, you know, she basically, you know, didn't go into much detail about what she knew about Colin's cut or what, you know, how, how she was going to be involved. But she did say that it was going to be very, very different than what we're going to get out of. Um, Chris Terrio and J.J. Well, yeah, I mean, naturally, I mean, from what we know, he wrote it based on Carrie Fisher still being a living person. Yeah, and he wrote it based on Mark Hamill's <laughs> Luke Skywalker being alive. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, story group. Let's not set an overarching narrative. Let's just fucking let these creative artists do what they want. Yeah. So smart. And one thing that I thought was really cool that, that kind of, Daisy called that as a personal growth for her throughout this whole movie is she said that she can now look at TFA and realize how much better she's gotten as a lightsaber fighter. Well, you know what else I, I found interesting in a quote, Nick, is that they created essentially f- featherweight lightsabers for Rise. Yeah. Because I don't know if you read did. that. Like, like I've become such a better fighter, and they made the lightsabers lighter, so it actually looks like we're swinging light and not heavy swords. Yeah, and that's one thing that you could see. Like, when you watch the TFA fight, like, I love TFA. TFA mm-hmm. could very well be my favorite Star Wars it, movie. But it looks Call like they're swinging want. sledgehammers. They are. Like, the way that they're bringing <laughs> these fucking lightsabers to the ground and, like, every hit that they swing or take or every swing is so massive. It's like right. they're swinging claymores. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. And not like, and not blades of light where literally the only weight is in the hill. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I like... We may make fun of the fucking the the rots fight, but go watch that fight. Yes. They're twirling those things around like they don't weigh anything. Exactly, <laughs> like, like they're fucking chopsticks. Yeah, so I mean, it's just or, such or a fucking different... batons, like they're in the majorettes or something. Oh god, yeah. I mean, the so the way that it was portrayed in TFA is definitely different than we've seen in anything else. I mean, even in the OT, we talk about the the slow pacing of the fight, but the but the swings were never labored like they were in TFA. It was like they, like you said, it was like they were swinging fucking sledgehammers. So it's just funny how how the the, the fights have changed throughout the trilogies. Because I mean, in the originals, they literally were using, you know, camera props, camera flash holders. Yeah, <laughs> with a stick sticking out of it with like this reflective foil tape on it. <laughs> Okay, then you go to the prequels where, you know, the hilts are a little bit better, but they still literally just have plastic shit sticking out of their swords. Oh, yeah. Like, you can, if you, like you said, if you watch the behind the scenes stuff oh, yeah. from. They, from, they break. They I mean, bend you those and them. motherfuckers were, in half. Right. They like. bend the fucking blades just from fighting. Yeah. Then you get into the, the new trilogy, and JJ's like, hey, I have a great idea. The fact that these are lightsabers, maybe sh- they should light up and actually reflect light onto the sword fighter's face. 
He's like, that Whoa, makes sense? Good idea. It does. <laughs> so they, their lightsabers then turned into essentially the, you know, our, our master effects prop sabers. Yeah. Where they actually lit up. I wonder how much of that actually had to do with the development of these stunt sabers that are lit. Because if you go back to when rots and and attack and and you know tpm were being filmed i don't think that they had the sophisticated prop sabers that they do now that like people can buy so like some of the shit like the stuff that you can buy from like saber forge ultra sabers you know uh force forum solos hold like those are like you can buy legit stunt sabers that have you know real electronics in them that have fully lit blades and you can beat the shit out of them and nothing ever happens to them so i wonder if jj just looked at that and said well why the fuck would we use these in our movies like it makes sense the way that those are constructed so i mean that 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 should play into this but i mean they've been playing up the ray and kylo duels duel or duels and tross throughout now so it's obviously going to be a huge moment who knows when this particular fight's going to go down? Is it going to be part of the force flash fight we've heard about where, you know, they, they could pop up around uh, Mustafar? You know, Nick put up that concept art piece this week where uh, we didn't even put it on the agenda to talk about because, uh, I mean, essentially the concept art looks like I shit on a piece of paper <laughs> and then pixelated it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so hard to see anything. But if you look close enough, you could sort of make some conclusions that they may flash to Mustafar, which would make sense. I wouldn't mind it at all. Uh, so who knows where this fight's going to take place, but I, I'm guessing based on the Vanity Fair image and Daisy saying, yes, that is from the fight she's talking about. I would imagine this may not even be the force flash. This could be them literally on that planet. We saw the uh, Death Star in the ocean. Yep. And, they just happened to feel like they needed to park the Falcon in the ocean too. Yeah. Maybe they just, maybe she wanted, <laughs> or to I mean, or, or honestly, dude, there's concept art from TFA to where the Falcon goes underwater, like a submarine to get to the submerged parts of the Death Star. Yeah. So maybe I this mean, is after they come back up. Kylo's there waiting. Who knows? I mean, technically the, the, the Falcon has to be an airtight contained unit to be in space. So, by that logic, it could go underwater. I don't know if it could propel itself, but but if you just look at space versus water, you have to have the same kind of containment unit, essentially, whatever. Um, so it could work. Or there's also a theory out there that the Falcon gets completely destroyed in this movie, so they could just literally be fighting on the fucking husk of the Falcon in the water. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a fun it was a fun little conversation that was had between... Daisy and then Josh Horowitz over on the Happy Side Confused podcast talking a little bit about all aspects of the yeah, movie. I mean, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Happy Sad Confused. Daisy, you have an open invite here anytime you want. A- absolutely. Absolutely. We oh. won't ask you any difficult questions. Yeah. We won't even talk about Star Wars. We'll talk about whatever you want. You want to talk about fucking making art or Ophelia? Talk or about becoming a, a, a female director, we're here for you. Yeah. Our, our airwaves are wide open. You want to talk about, you know, what your shit looked like in the morning, we're here. <laughs> doesn't matter. We, we won't badger you with these nerdy-ass Star Wars questions. Maybe one, but we'll see. Ma- maybe one or two. I just literally just want to hear your voice. Yeah. So the last piece, Matt, you. You, you picked up, and it's 
kind of Daisy responding to the the fandom and then how people reacted to TLJ and what she thinks the fan reaction will be for uh, the Rise of Skywalker. So why don't you walk us through that one a little bit? Yeah, so she said a few things. I mean, I we I didn't really we didn't post this one, but she also said that she believes the backlash to TLJ is the way they put the title. It was kind of wrong. It misquoted her, but she basically said, "Hey, Daisy feels like the fans were deservedly so that they could shit on TLJ." Yeah, I mean, but basically, basically, if you read it, Daisy's saying like, "Hey, you know, people are passionate. Star Wars fans are super passionate. If they didn't like the way it went, then that's their right to voice it." I mean, yeah. she wasn't saying, "Yeah, this shit sucked. Eat a cock. Fuck Ryan Johnson." No, she was literally saying like, "Everybody has the right to their own opinion." They, I'm pretty sure that's almost one of the quotes. <laughs> like, so you know, she's not. I mean, you could look at it however you want to. She's just basically saying that, like, yeah, you know, people are going to like it. People are going to hate it. But you can't, like, you know, you can't do anything about that. People have their own opinions. Um, but, yeah, and, and this piece, basically what she says is that she doesn't think that there's going to be the backlash that there was against TLJ for, for Tross. She yeah, thinks so, she, so here's her quote. I think it's really great. I really do. Chris Terrio had Star Wars Bibles. He was doing his work. Everything is so linked, and it works in the universe. He did proper nerd homework. It felt really good doing it. Everything we did felt really, really good. I think they've done a great job with all the relationships, with the fun friendships, and with the strange thing with Ray and Kylo. We finished Episode Eight, and you know where Ray is. It was interesting going in and figuring out where it is going. I think people are going to like it. Well, Ray, or Daisy, as your real name is, you've once again kind of undercut who Star Wars fans are. <laughs> yeah, you gave, right. you gave people too much credit. Right. <laughs> like, Will some people like it? Of course. Oh, yeah. Will everyone like it? Not a chance in hell. Yeah, I mean, you can go back. There are people that don't like the OT, like any of the like. The, you just have to realize that there's not going to be one Star Wars film that releases that everybody's going to enjoy. I mean, people hate Return of the Jedi. But why? They're like, Ewoks. oh, there's fucking Ewoks in it. It's like, dude, the Ewoks were badass. The Ewoks literally helped destroy the Empire. So, eat shit. They're great. Like people I did, don't. Yeah, I mean. Come at me, people. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be that dumb meme sitting at a table with, uh, <laughs> I love Ewoks, argue me, or whatever the fuck Yeah, prove it me is. wrong, or whatever. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, I mean... I mean, how, how can you not like Wicked? And here's the thing. Tross is in a very unique position because it has to do what she said. It has to wrap the universe, essentially. Like, everything in the Star Wars universe, aside from the old Republic stuff is in some way, shape, or form linked to the Skywalker saga. And this movie has the very difficult task of saying, here's everything we've ever fucking known about Star Wars outside of Knights of the Old Republic. We now have to close it. So is it going to be able to do it perfectly? That's a hard fucking task to do. I think that that the two guys that are in charge of this movie, Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams, are the ones best equipped to do it. And I think that... Well, I think J.J. is. I'm not a. am not fully sold on the Terrio guy. 
Terrio was with him on TFA, though, right? No. I he wrote he that with Kasdan. That's true. Good point. Good point. Um, so, I mean, honestly, give me something Terrio's done here. Justice League right Part now. 2. No. Okay. <laughs> he did He did Batman vs. Superman. That ain't great. Okay. <laughs> he did Justice League. That ain't Argo? Great. I guess. Argo's good. Argo's good. But that's based on a true story, so... It is. Really? What did he win an Oscar for? He Argo. won an Oscar for Argo. <laughs> but literally, that's adapting real life to a screenplay, so... Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's see... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not impressed by his writing credits. No, I mean, considering that he's got one, two, three, Justice four, League five, Part six, two seven. never even happened. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it's it's dead. There's not even a date next to it. Justice League, we know what that is. BBS, uh, we know what that is. Yeah, those Argo's two. real life. I don't know what shit, Heights is or Book yeah, of Kings. Yeah, the other stuff is. like who cares. I don't know. Maybe he's like JJ's protege. Maybe he. Th- God, this, this is guy a- like doesn't even have good credits. Honestly, <laughs> he doesn't. But dude, if you look at Ryan Johnson's credits pre TLJ, it's basically nothing except Looper. And like, what was the other one that got him Looper though? He has another famous movie that uh, burn uh, or um, Safety Not Guaranteed or no, something like that. It's something I don't. I forget it, but it's. Something else. Let me see. I'm looking it up. I'm on the internet right but here. But Jesus, man, Terrio has nothing. I thought he had more than that. Yeah. No, he did. So he had Brick. Brick. Yeah. Was Brick. That movie. Brick's the one that kind of made him famous. Yeah. Brick was that movie that. I mean, it was an indie flick. It definitely wasn't like a huge budget movie. It had George uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Uh, he did three good. episodes of Breaking Bad. That's that's not a bad fucking credit. Yeah. Yeah. That one's good. And then, I and then I, I guess I look at a director, different and a writer, writer a little bit different than a writer. I mean, as a director, the guy has what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen professional director credits. Yeah. Uh, with I'd say at least fourteen being legit stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's still not even that fleshed out. He's no, he's no fucking J.J. Abrams. Oh no, absolutely not. It's funny because I'm looking at Ryan's IMDb page right now, and it has his trilogy listed on it. Obviously, it just doesn't mean shit. Untitled Star Wars trilogy episode one. Episode one is listed under director, but if you go down to writer, he's on all three. So maybe he's only directing one, and then he's writing. I mean, dude, honestly, I can tell you, IMDb is. Essentially no. ran by the person, so his assistant may or may not have updated stuff. Who knows? Interesting. Interesting. It, it's not ran by, like, studios. I mean, you literally, if you're a stuntman, you go in and add your credits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Interesting Interesting find there. He may be writing Holy shit. all he's of like, them. He's a little guy like me. Ryan? That's what why is, I like him. I knew is it. it. What is he? Short? How short oh, yeah, dude. He's, he's five, my Five, five and a half. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's like right exactly my size. Nice. Um, us little guys. Us little guys are assholes that everyone hates. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, I mean, is she telling us anything? I mean, at least for people like Nick and I that we don't know. Not really. Uh, I'm expecting Tross to be fucking the cat's meow. 
Exactly. Uh, I, as Nick just said, TFA may be his far favorite Star Wars movie of all time. I think Tross could be it. Yeah, I, it could. I it very well could. If they're going to do everything they've been talking about, how they're going to, yes, this is going to sew it all together. One through nine. One through nine, baby. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Bring on Hayden. Bring on fucking Palpatine. Bring on Ian. We got everybody. We're going to do it. If they pull it off, I, I it, it, it has to be the best. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if you get some Anakin in there, some fucking maybe some Vader, some old man Luke, some fucking Yoda, let's throw Kenobi in there. Hey, fuck it. If how you, how can it be bad? If they execute it the way that JJ's been talking about, the way that Kathleen's been talking about, then this definitely does have the ability to be the I, best I, movie. I still contend it has to be, at minimum, two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if, right? if, if runtime comes out and it's less than 2.30, If I it's less than stunned. TLJ, I boycott. I'm over it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to start acting like all these other Bozo fans. Yeah, there, here we go. I'm this start podcast acting could like get a fucking, interesting. Yeah, I'm going to start <laughs> acting like a dumb, entitled cocksucker sitting here thinking I know better than these people that have been doing it their whole lives. And I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. That's what you're going to hear. Because Let me tell you how it should be. Exactly. <laughs> this movie cannot be shorter than 2.30. I agree. No I way. Agree. And they've proved, your own goddamn studio has proven. You can play a three-hour You can play a three-hour fucking movie, and dumb fucks will come see it four or five times. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I've seen Endgame now, and the last two times were to do favors for family friends to take their kids because they're fucking lazy assholes that don't like taking to care of their kids i stepped up and said you know what your daughter wants to go see endgame you won't take her i'll do it yeah look all right so i've seen endgame five fucking times it's a three ass hour long movie i sat there all five times from start to finish beautiful okay and that and that's the mcu which i love dearly now but it still doesn't even scratch my love for Star Wars. So please, people, don't be scared, Bob. Don't worry about Mary fucking Poppins. Just fucking let JJ tell the goddamn story. If it's three hours, if it's three fifteen, who gives a fuck? People will do it for a Star Wars. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So, all right, buddy, it's that time. It is that time of the Friday show. Oh, fuck. I just teased the first <laughs> shot for myself. I spoiled it. <laughs> I spoiled it. I've been trying. I, I always like, you know what we're getting into, my friends, if you're a loyal fan here. It's time for the top five. It's Nick's little baby. Throughout the week, I drop him on Instagram, at Star Wars Time Show. And then on Friday, Nick sits there and swipes his thrum, thumb through it, not thrum, his thumb, through it, and picks his five favorite shots of the week. So we yeah. are here. It's time to celebrate the fans, the Star Wars Time Show fans, the Star Wars artists. All right, buddy, who did you zero in on first this week? This week, I'm yes! going to say this. Look I put this. it out there. This may be my favorite top Look five I've ever done. at this. Because what, what I was able to do with this top five is I was able to bring in Legos. I was able to bring in traditional art we, we i have been fucking us up on legos lately i've not been sharing <laughs> as many but i dude it's gotten worse than ever like i'm not even seeing some of our favorite accounts anymore just uh, naturally that's just... Uh, uh lego star wars tong has disappeared 
what the fuck, man? I, I that's can't, just I mean, Instagram. Unless that's I search him down, I can't find him. Yeah. That's... Sith Lord of Lego, you know, we get him occasionally. He's actually dudes throwing out some Black Series shots now. So, nice. you know, he's kind of doing nice. what I did where you, you were a specialist in one area moving on to the next. But anyways, let's not take any more uh, spotlight away from LEGO Trooper 89 Yeah, so this is LEGO Trooper 89, and what we have is a fantastic Ayala Secura shot. Now, if you don't know who Ayala Secura is, go back and watch the uh, It's the Bikini Jedi. It's the Bikini Jedi with two blades. But the thing is, is you don't see her with two blades in the movie. You only see her with one. She only ever uses right. one when you and see her And she never screen. talks and literally just sits there and makes facial expressions and yeah. gets gunned down in a circle. Yeah, she got shot in the back on Felucia, Felucia at the end of episode three. But what it is is a shot of Ayala Secura in Lego form, two lightsabers ignited, one going backwards in almost like an Ahsoka Tano-like stance. Yeah. Yep. Going right through a B1 battle droid in the background. Super fun shot. I love when I can find these cool looking Lego shots that really bring life to Legos, which yeah, is so, something so, that I would So never here's what's imagine. going on, Nick. I mean, uh, when I share this, I can only sh- share a single image. But if you actually go to Lego Trooper's shot of this, he, he throws BTS on each one. And if you've ever worked with a brick figure, and I'm sure, Nick, you've held one before. Yep. Uh, you're probably looking at this going, how in the Jesus fuck are her arms extended this way or her legs or even her head for all intents and purposes, right? Yeah. Lego figures are literally, blah, right? Blah, They're blah. just arms strict. move literally up and down. Head just turns. Yeah. Legs, <laughs> legs literally bend at the waist. So what I've noticed what Lego Trooper does, he actually breaks the pieces off. Okay. And uses uh, like this putty to hold like, them back together. Yeah, exactly. To pose I'm looking it at it now. Yeah, that's yeah. an a- absolutely ingenious cool? job here yeah. by by Lego Trooper. That, I mean, honestly, for someone that that's kind of into toy photography, my favorite aspect these days is to look at the if they post BTS. I try to do it myself. Honestly, people are sometimes where I'm just lazy. I'm like, fuck it. I'm in a zone. Set up, set up, set up, shoot, shoot, shoot. I'm not going to fuck around with BTS, but I do appreciate it because it, you know, it kind of gives you a, an inside look at how to pull off shit like this. But I looked at these and I'm like, Jesus, man, I love that. Yeah. And like you could, if you didn't tell me that, if you didn't tell me that. No, you, you'd think the, that the Lego poses this way. Exactly. Like, so it was a fantastic job done here, not only in the posing and, and the creative solution to kind of get the, the Lego in that pose, but also the, the editing and really removing any trace of what was oh, done. Yeah. I mean, this, if you look thing. at the, at the raw shot, it, it's very plain. I mean, yeah. it's like basically in a random room in his house with, you know, with, and like what is it like a little tray it's got like some, some rocks in yeah, it with yeah with some rocks in it that's you know maybe a couple inches wide uh, it really is i mean as i've said my favorite part of this hobby is the setup and the shoot that's why i'm still sharing pictures from two years ago i, I shared a a caesar from planet of the apes this week and oh, yeah. <laughs> our buddy jason b michael's like holy shit this is an, a fantastic shot yeah, I remember. I saw that. That shot was fun. I was like, uh, yeah, here's the funny thing is that's that may be three years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking like when you posted, I was like, 
I remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, Matt said he's got a bunch of shit that he hasn't posted yet. I was like, why is yeah. he posting Caesar now? That movie's been out fucking ever. Well, yeah, I, I shot it when the last movie came out about two or three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I, I mean, dude, for the first time this weekend, I finally sat down and I went through my iPad, which that's where I do all my posts. I really, I just had a gut check. I'm like, all right, man, it's time to go through here and just start deleting some of the stuff that's two years, year and a half old. I mean, y- your skills are improving. I know you feel like you, you owe it to yourself because you took the time to shoot it and process it, that you got to share it, or that you at least have to process it to get it out. But I finally, Nick, I was like, fuck it. Delete, 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 delete. So I, I've deleted a lot of my backlog. I, I probably still have close to 100 shots to edit, but these 100 shots now are, <laughs> I can say, at least within 12 months. There we go. So the yeah. back, you're not going that far back in the log now. You still but got But I, I, I still need to embrace the LIFO mantra now because I, I do believe I have gotten better. Oh, yeah. I've done a, I've within the past two or three weekends. I you know we talked on the last cast. I mean I've spent upwards of four or five hours a day. My kid's a little older now. Sometimes she's like, "Hey, daddy, can you just go away?" <laughs> and while that makes my heart hurt, I'm like, "Hey, I guess I'll just do some toy photography." Uh, but I've taken a lot of shots, used a lot of fireworks, a lot of practical shit, a lot of new figures. So I I, I need to edit those first. That's my problem because I still have this draw to. Well, you got to get the old stuff out before the new. And it's just like, no, no, no. If you do it that way, then everything gets stale. That's what I mean. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, dude. I'm, I'm a fucking disaster. I'm in disaster. And I do appreciate those of you that have become loyal listeners and you don't just listen when you've been featured. Uh, that goes out to South P. Paul, we do appreciate those comments you yeah, gave us this week. That was great. To uh, that, that's honestly what Nick and I live for. Uh, and also, those of you that, when you are featured and we ask questions and you come to us and, and answer those, we also appreciate that. Yeah, I forgot. A, a lot uh, of ta- Taylor C. Photo, AJG yeah, from exactly. last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they, they both kind of came answers. through and let us know, and, and that shit's awesome. But yeah. uh, South P w- w- really kind of touched me there. It's like he actually was listening to my whining. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And he actually contacted me through Haywood Pop and was like, dude, share during Toy Pops. I'm like, bro, I, I do. I, I'm still lucky even on Toy Pops to break 300. I, I'm telling you, my shit's busted. And when he's like, well, maybe your theory on the Funko Pop thing is right. It's like, that's why I like this guy. Yeah. That motherfucker is listening to the cast, start to finish, through it, all my bullshit, my whiny nonsense, and, and he's look, trying to help. And look, when I read that, I sat down and I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, look. You know, Matt and I have been doing this podcast four plus years at this point. And it's sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's tough. Like we know we like what we do. We have fun talking to each other. But like when you put, you know, the time that we put into it and we put the, you know, and we don't see the numbers growing sometimes that we want to, where we like have this inflated thought in our head that like, you know, we should have more than we you know well, we have sh- we in terms have of listeners. I'm, I'm not going to say that's an inflated thought. But, we should yeah. have more. But then, when I, but then I told her, I was like, but when I see a message like this and those South Peace messages that you sent us on, on IG, I was like, this makes it worth it. Like knowing that we have fans like this who listen, 
and who who interact with us and who really well, I mean, enjoy yeah, because I mean, him Sir and Do- Sir Dork and everything Sir Kylo Dork, and Jesse. You know. I mean, fucking pop. Papa Palpatine, Triple Papa, D. Yeah, like Papa. I mean, he, he may hate Disney, but we love him. I mean, he, yeah. he, he definitely <laughs> reps us well. I mean, he promotes every new episode, whether he's in it or not. Oh, yeah. And, and look, the the people, it's you guys that listen all the time. It's you guys that are a part of the Star Wars time community, which is weird to be able to say. Like, you know, we have It's a happening, bro. Now. I yeah. mean, the other thing that, that Paul said, South P, that kind of touched me, he's like, hey, man. I like that you got there's another force in this industry outside of Star Wars the Black Series. So again, if you're in the industry, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, he's another Matt. He runs the TBSFF hashtag Star Wars the Black Series, 107,000 followers. M- massive force. Massive force in the Black Series community. But the fact that Paul's like, you know what? I, I like what you guys are bringing to the table. You're giving us something different. Uh, it's not just Black Series. It's art. It's figure arts. It's Mezco. You know, whatever figure line. We don't care. Uh, so, no, we, we we appreciate that shit. That, yeah. that keeps us going because, you know, Nick's being a little modest. He he deals with this much better than I do. I am someone that's <laughs> literally been on the Internet for 10 years now trying to, you know, maybe convince people that I'm not just some dumb asshole on the Internet, uh, that I put my time in. I mean, through EB, I'm – close to 17,000 articles published in 10 years. I'd say 1,500 videos. I do my shit. I create content. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you is put it in good? your time. Obvi- <laughs> if it's good, obviously not. <laughs> because <laughs> no one gives a fuck. But I feel like finally, but it's still going slow in my opinion, Nick and I might have latched onto something that may stick. Uh, we've gotten the feedback from you people that, hey, this is something fresh, new. We don't really hear about it. So, you know, we're, we're running with it. We're always still going to focus on Star Wars stuff when we can. But trust me, we listen to the Star Wars artist community out there. We understand. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the feedback. And we will cater towards you. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not even fucking going to blow smoke anymore. Yeah. yeah. We I mean, are going to cater towards... The Star Wars artist community at this point. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been supporting us, and we know that we have listeners out there who yeah. listen for. The, you, you guys know, like this stuff. shit. We're yeah. we're gonna keep doing it. We we will celebrate the art. We're all about it. So, uh, Lego Trooper eighty nine, welcome to the family. Hopefully, you listen. I don't even know if you know you've been tagged yet because, again, the new repost app fucks everything up. So half the time, people don't even know when I tag them. Either way, Lego Trooper underscore 89, phenomenal Lego artist. Obviously, by the name, you should get what he's shooting. He's got way more than this Isla. This Isla shot's old, by the way. And I, I now that I've seen his gallery, I, I've uh, snagged a few more to share in the future. But check him out. So, Nick, move us on to the next one. <laughs> move us on to the next one. <laughs> it's our one, boy. So yeah, it's, it's Mr. Was, Comedy here. Yeah, Mash well, up, the mashup master. I, I love I love this guy here, Wastujai. He's been in his – or Wastuaji. He's been in our top five before. Wastuaji. And – what I really love about this shot is, like you said, it's a comedy shot. It's a mashup shot. It's a Disney property shot now, if you think about it. Yep. Toy Story, Star Wars coming together. We have his Commander Zerg, and then we also have three stormtroopers who look as confused as, they, as they've ever been looking at somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's just 
This is what they, they Ross... look more confused than when they're holding a blaster in their hands. Exactly. When they're holding a blaster, trying to shoot at a rebel trooper or, or a right. rebel hero. <laughs> so we, we finally found something that fucks them up even more than trying to shoot straight. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, I, what I really love about this is, again, like with these trooper shots, it's the posing. The posing here is perfect right. because it... What Wastajai does is he really, or Wastuaji, if I keep, I keep fucking up your name and I'm sorry, but like he, what he does is he expresses emotion through what is typically yes. seen as an emotionless character. Right. Like he takes the stormtroopers with their helmet and everything and he puts them in positions where they actually look like they're baffled and they're confused. Well, I mean, <laughs> hopefully everyone understands the tie-in here, right? Because, I mean, the, the caption's good morning, boss, but the reason they're saying that is because literally Toy Story sets up Zerg to be Darth Vader. So I hadn't seen 4 yet. Well, so I mean, you don't, have, I mean, no, you don't have to see 4. This is actually, I believe, in Toy Story 2 when, when the whole Zerg thing's introduced. And the play on is you know eventually zerg tells buzz lightyear i am, I am your, your father. father okay yeah, yeah. I, mean, I haven't so seen Toy Story 2 in years well 2 is considered to be one of the wonkiest i i do like it but i mean i watched it literally maybe a few months ago for the first time okay yeah uh, so i didn't watch it when it first came out but i guess when it first came out it was kind of considered a black sheep of toy story because it, it the story is just kind of weird but that is, is where Zerg gets introduced, and it is revealed that he is Buzz Lightyear's dad, and it, it plays out 100% Empire. Beautiful. So, so, so that's that's why he's doing this, and and honestly, I actually put in our comment because I always kind of leave our comment and then put the artist comment after that. But uh, Wastujai actually has multiple Toy Story Star Wars mashups going on right now. And he, he actually has gotten in on the bottle cap challenge with the Darth Vader shot. So. <laughs> that Darth Vader shot, yeah. The yeah, yeah. And as Nick said, uh, Wastujai, I mean, he's a, a fantastic poser. He also takes very crispy shots. You know, crispy, we kind of talked yes. about that on Tuesday. Again, crispy shots to me are ones that look just so fucking clear. Uh, they're 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 crisp honestly there's there's no better way to describe it yeah yeah and and the way like i don't know where this is put is this a diorama or oh, is yeah, this this, this, like... this this has to be a digi and he's probably using a reflective piece of yeah uh, acrylic underneath there black acrylic i have one myself to simulate uh, death star floors and whatnot i mean this is a beautiful digirama plus you know the way that he he captured the reflection there so like fantastic job all around composition posing right, right. the idea behind it, the shot perfectly i mean he, he's just he's great he's a great yeah. great artist and thank you to matt for explaining that to me because if you wouldn't have said it was toy story 2 like call back to zerg i would never have gotten that because like i said like the last toy story i watched was three and that was when it came out on blu-ray yeah so right. i mean that that's the whole ago. comedy behind the shot and the comment of good morning boss question mark like um this <laughs> this is this isn't darth vader this is but, not darth vader but it's kind of the play on what toy story did with zerg and vader so well anyways. caught sir uh next up oh, yeah, i'm glad you i'm glad you snagged this one here i mean this how could i not put this in here this is from our friend visual force at visual force yeah, this is on austin Instagram. in real life this is a guy uh, his account has just 
fucking exploded. Yeah, it's beautiful. So what like, we have. I, I want to know the the drugs he's on, or or, or what type of magic he's paid yeah, to Instagram. Does, does he have an Instagram insider? That right, he right. Cause he he like, somehow is, figured out how to blow through this Instagram engagement nonsense. But anyways. I mean, shots like this definitely help him. And what we have is a fantastic action shot of Chopper Chop. from, from Star Wars Rebels Phoenix Squadron. Chopper, man. And <laughs> he sounds like the teachers from the Muppets right. or the adults from the Muppets. Right, and That's the best part is like. it's fucking Filoni. <laughs> like, Filoni <laughs> is the voice of Chopper. Yeah, and it's just the way that Chopper is, the, it's not only his voice, it's his mannerisms, because he always waves his little hands in oh, the yeah. air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you thought R2-D2 was an ornery asshole astromech? He, he's got nothing on Chopper. Yeah, and what Visual Force is able to do here with Chopper is really capture his personality and then also put him in an amazing action shot. So you see Chopper's like little, uh, it's like a, rocket can't like rocket underneath and his, nick his that's body. actually part of the figure so all that shit shooting out a chopper yeah that's all plastic and then what austin did is i'm assuming dropped some crackling balls behind it to give you the explosion yeah i can see yeah definitely you can see the plastic mold and i was wondering if that was a part of the figure or if it yep. was something that he just added on yeah no they actually that's <laughs> like one of his accessories is the blast off effect oh that's beautiful so i mean the 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 work that, that Austin Visual Force did here on this shot is fantastic. Like Matt said, you look at the background and it's just this beautiful array of, of crackling balls and, and just the fucking And I can do sparks. this now, Nick. I just can't edit the shots and share them for some reason. <laughs> I have a lot of shots with this fucking awesome bokeh in it. I just, the for one some that reason, you put up, feel like you, you sharing shots recently. two years ago. Yeah, I mean, the one you put up recently of, of Chewbacca running away from the Gamorrean guards and it looks like a stormtrooper there in the background, eh, that's a solid, it's a good shot. It's a good shot. All right, a little, little um, it didn't quite get the, uh, the, the Boca balls. Yeah. But how I justified sharing is, like, where, and this is all random, dude, like, where the two balls blew up, it actually looked like it's shells cool. were hitting yeah. by the characters. So exactly. that's why I kept it. That's, that's what I thought. It's like, oh, there's an explosion behind him. But this shot here, it's so fun. And it's also like the the, the the figure itself really pops. Like the colors, the saturation of the colors yeah. on Chopper himself really stand out. Even though his primary feature, which is Chopper's head, is orange. And so is the rest, like the, the other primary oh, colors yeah, yeah, of the yeah, shot yeah, yeah. are. Yep. He still really pops, which is very impressive. Um, so fantastic work here by, by visual force. I've actually, I I've learned cause I, I've, I've tried fireworks for a while now, but I, I was always doing them outside and in the sunlight whatnot. But I, now I've actually learned the way to do it is to either, I believe Austin typically shoots at night, believe it or not. I, I would imagine this shot was done at night. Yeah. Uh, but it what I do now, uh, Nick, when I shoot outside, I'll drop a black piece of foam board on my card table mm -hmm. uh, to just provide a black backdrop and then start lighting off my fireworks. Yeah. So, I mean, usually if you, if you get your practical effects going right behind your subject to make your subject pop, even with a bland black background, you can kind of wash it out with the awesomeness, which we see here in Austin's shot here. So, 
uh, it's just it's weird the shit I pick up from Instagram and stuff that I just <laughs> never thought because I'm always like no if I'm shooting outside it's got to be natural landscapes that's gonna make it look the best I want to light up fireworks but like nah I mean even in the chewy shot you just talk about yeah there's fireworks but a lot of it gets drowned out in the backlight right yeah a little it's, bit of it's it. having that that dark background that allows for the contrast of the effects that's the key yeah. Yeah, so yeah. see, Slowly but surely, I'm, every I, day. I'm learning. The problem is, when I learn stuff, it takes me a year to get it out because I'm a fucking moron. That's what. That's why yeah. you got to change that release schedule up. You yeah. let the yeah. old stuff sit, focus on the new. Anyway, what I really oh, like about this week... One. Yeah, what I really like about this week is I was able to bring in a lot of new people, a lot of new artists that we've never featured before. First, we had Lego Trooper 89... We've seen Wastajai. We've seen Visual Force. Now we move down into Tank Customs, which is a relatively new account. If we look at Tank Customs now, 498 followers, I really hope we can bump them up over that 500 mark here with this, with this well, feature. You know what I like, Nick, on this one is that we got this guy 205 likes. On his own account, he got 169. See, that's what, yeah, I also appreciate that. I also I, I know, I know, that. based on your science and your expertise, <laughs> it doesn't help the poor man. But in but, the end, I feel like he's gotten hopefully more exposure through us. Exactly. That's what we're trying to achieve here is giving Tank the the type of exposure that he that he needs and that he wants and yes well, he, he fucking deserves it for yeah. a shot like this yeah i mean this is a fantastic shot so at t-a-n-q customs on instagram and this is a fantastic shot of a of a battle happening between darth vader and grandmaster yoda <laughs> and the way it's that not it's, dude it, it's hobo yoda hobo yoda yeah, yeah this, this, this ain't grandmaster even grandmaster this, this is the re-released archive wave of the black series yoda which is much more improved but he's a hobo yeah and you could tell by his clothing he's not wearing he's his grandmaster his, jedi yeah robes. he's got his pimp necklace on <laughs> i mean I, i'm surprised his fucking snake isn't hanging around because yes it this still ships with the rubber snake I'm not oh. gonna lie. it's still for some reason even back like in kenner days they shipped the yoda figure with the fucking snake from That's empire so weird dude. right you remember the snake <laughs> that, he pulls uh, that out luke, of the engine yeah like literally luke but for some reason that snake has been attributed to yoda in figure form from the dawn of time that is so weird but anyway this shot is fantastic one fantastically posed by ryan um at tank customs and it really just brings action in 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 a way that you've never seen these two characters kind of intersect with each other because you know when yoda was fighting and using his lightsaber darth vader was never around and then when darth vader was around yoda was out fucking in dagobah so technically darth vader was around the last time yoda busted out his sword again true palpatine but true but not in full not 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 proper vader exactly so we see a fight happening between these two. Yoda is either being suspended by Darth Vader using, while well, you know Vader's using the Force, or he's jumping down at him, a la his fight versus oh, yeah, Darth see, Tyrannus. I, yeah. <laughs> I take this as this is one of Yoda's. Like yeah. he's just jumping down like Aah! coming out of a flip right towards Vader. Vader's like, "What the fuck?" He's. I, never I mean, seen- honestly, if, if you want to get crazy here, I even think Hobo Yoda could have fucked up Electronic Vader. 
Oh yeah, I think he probably could. He would have been too fast for him. I mean, you gotta understand. I, Vader is my my Mac Daddy, right? Yeah, I love the guy. Uh, I'm even starting to heal from what was done to him with the prequels. But he still was. He's a broken person. I mean, he's literally, as Obi Wan said, more machine than man. Yeah, he is a reduced uh, version of himself. So, I mean, you could argue that the, the 18 years that Yoda was hanging on Dagobah, maybe he got lazy and fat or whatever. He got arthritis. But, you know, let's be real. If he, if he could do what he did in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, 18 years later, he could probably still do it. Oh, yeah. He uh, can summon up one last good he, force fight and then get I, in I would there, have to wager up. Yoda's speed would be too much for Vader. I agree. I agree. I mean, from all of the fights that we've seen with Vader in the movies on on screen, he definitely doesn't he's, have. The he's speed. all power. I mean, as yeah. you said, he Vader should have a broadsword lightsaber. Yeah, he should. That's if, who he is. He's a he's a one swing kill versus a a parry thrust, parry thrust, parry thrust slash. Yeah. If 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 Yoda was able to summon up what he did against. Palpatine and against Dooku, he would slice well, I, Vader's suit to pieces. It's still a joke that he couldn't fucking slice up Dooku. Let's be real. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, get, get the fuck out of here. I mean, Dooku, I love the guy. He couldn't. I mean, he he could, he could move. He couldn't move as much as Vader could move. No, he was so. I mean, Christopher old. Lee was literally like ninety six. Yeah, he was suit like Christopher <laughs> Lee was literally in his nineties when the it guy was, was dying Dooku. playing the role. Yeah, so. Um, but this was a super fun shot here by Tank. I mean, the great posing, the great action capture, and then also adding in some some effects, some atmospheric effects here. It looks like there's some sparks going on because of the lightsabers hitting the rocks around. I thought it was a super fun shot. Yeah, I really I'm going to hope... go with the, the effects may be all digital. I don't think these are practical ones. If anything's practical here, I'd say the smoke is... The sparks, just knowing how sparks work practically, I'm going to say these may be added in. It doesn't matter. Either way, it's awesome. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I wish I was better at digital manipulation because there's some people out there right now. Uh, there's an account that, that we follow. We've been uh, featuring a Zupa Bunny. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> that lady, that girl, I mean, sh she works some magic with Photoshop. Yeah, I mean, she's someone that can shoot shit on basically a a blank background and then turn it into a, a movie scene. I mean, that takes that is truly a skill. Yeah, like, and that's that, that, just... that shit makes me go, OK, I, I should probably take advantage of the fact that I'm a professor and I could take college level digital photography and editing courses for free and essentially get a degree in it for free. Yeah. <laughs> when I see her type of stuff, that's where I'm like, OK, uh. So even if I took these courses, I would never be that good. Like, exactly. It's like I, I still feel like I, I would not figure out Photoshop. But yes. anyways, hey, Tank, I don't even know if you know we're talking about you. I don't even know if you realize that we, we featured you. I doubt it because we didn't get any sort of, hey, thanks. Not that we're looking for that. I really could care less. Uh, I'm more concerned with the fact that people aren't being notified that we're featuring them yeah so. that's fucked up i really hope that that's not the case and i hope that instagram can fix what they've been doing but uh at tank customs dude is a fantastic photographer scroll through his oh, feed and there's some other great shots on there as yeah well. you did this one hell yeah <laughs> oh was it the yoda with the turtles no the no. last one. 
Oh, okay, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I'm moving on to the 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 final artist. Sorry, okay, Tang, yeah, not no, to the, cut you off, buddy. The uh, the final wow. artist. Wow. This piece. Wow. So at Tank Customs on Instagram, make sure to follow. <laughs> uh, this last piece is is my favorite piece that I've ever featured. Wow. And this type of work done by Marietta Cust- Marietta Art is mind-boggling to me right, that, that, right. That, a, that a human being exactly. has the ability to do this and create something like this whether it be through digital art on photoshop using a, a wacom tablet or an ipad or whatever or using you know hand drawn skills the the piece of art that that marietta has put together here is is absolutely breathtaking it's, it's honestly it makes my brain hurt just trying to think how she did this and how long it took. Yeah. And I mean, dude, look. Okay. <laughs> We've got this badass camo wearing scout trooper with like a Jaws mask as the, as the foreground subject. Yeah. He's fucking kick ass in and of himself. What I'm saying, Nick, look in the background. Look at the fucking trees and foliage yeah. she did. And you the, got the Ewok uh, getting kicked off. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, like this is... <laughs> How do the, you do that? The level of detail, not only in what you see, like you said, in the foreground with the primary scout trooper, but everything you see in the background. The fires fuck. that are going on in the treetops, the bridges, the ladders, the smoke coming up from the fire. Like... What could ever, dude? There's individual fucking leaves. Yeah, like, (laughs) what the fuck are we talking? What's going on? How does this come out of a human's hands? And and look, you know, when we when we posted this this image, we were lucky enough to have Marietta kind of come back on it and and interact with us a little bit. And you know, we feature toy photography a lot, and that's Matt's, you know, wheelhouse, and he can explain a lot of the things that are done on there, but. What Marietta was able to do here with this with this image that she so beautifully constructed is completely beyond both Matt and I. It 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 is amazing to look at. And when we say that we wish one Marietta, if you sell your art, let us know on Instagram anywhere because this uh, is a did, piece did of art that I would ch- buy. Did you go check out her her account? Because this is actually part of Portfolio Day, which I guess was a hashtag for artists this week uh so this was actually a singular image in probably a gallery of 10 that she shared of her star wars art yeah uh, I, I can it, see. it's all like i mean she, this is kind of her style where it's a i don't know what would you say like a hybrid lifelike you know i mean it's not full-on lifelike but it's yeah. also not as stylized as a venomous or a, or a daz tibbles you know yeah yeah i mean it definitely has realistic tones and feelings yeah, it's, to it, it's, it's kind of more comic book ish yeah but more artistic i yeah. don't know I, I don't know how to describe it obviously we're two fucking art bozos yeah we're, we're dumb um, when it comes we don't to know shit. shit we just know what we like yeah and uh fuck like i love this i mean yeah this, this is, is it's beautiful um so marietta is her her website is actually called cannonfodder.net it's cannon fodder comics so make sure to, to visit that website because right. there's other fantastic pieces on there and i mean she also cosplays as a shock trooper and i believe she built the armor herself so yeah i mean, I th- mean th- this this girl is 
Star Wars from top to bottom. She, oh, yeah. She can, she can do the, the molding and the crafting for the cosplay, and then she can literally, literally to me, shoot fucking magic out of her fingers and create shit like this. And yeah. I'm using shit in the greatest form of shit. Yeah, like I mean, the it, most I'm not complimentary. saying shit as in shit poop. This is shit as in fucking immaculate wow yeah i mean she is a a member of the 501st legion like an right right yeah no she's a legit legit cosplayer i mean she shock troops it she's the old you know uh, white and red yeah so i mean just unbelievably talented artist go give this girl a follow on instagram right now at marietta art she deserves all of the all of the likes, all of the, the, the views that we were able to get her plus more. I mean, th- her stuff is absolutely right. uh, breathtaking. Dude, I, I'll be the first one to tell you. I obviously, I love the toy photography. It's something I dabble in. So, I, you know, I kind of understand it a bit more. But when it comes down to it, and we've seen some amazing work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh yeah. The the traditional Star Wars art to me still is it, it, it is it's it's like it's whimsical to me. It, it, it's magical. It's almost not real. Yeah, it's. I, my I just brain... I yeah. I I have a hard time <laughs> contemplating looking at uh, Marietta's art here or whatever the hell it is. It Marietta? Yeah, it's Marietta. Yeah, yeah. Marietta's picture. I'm just going, what in the fuck? <laughs> like how do you even start this shit like I, I can tell you how i start a toy picture i wheel out a bunch of boxes of toys props and fireworks and i have a fucking table with some dirt on it rocks and a black foam board and i just go okay uh all right yeah anakin and obi-wan yeah i'll do that <laughs> and i'll take a shot right yeah. How how does how does Marietta sit down at a piece of paper, a digital board, a whiteboard, or an iPad and go, Okay, today I'm gonna go ahead and make this fucking epic scene. Yeah. With you know, little leaves that might take an hour per leave. I mean, dude, I, the the background again to me just is mind boggling. The detail in the background, the trees, the individual leaves, all the foliage, the characters in the back, the fires, the smoke. What the fuck? fuck how does a brain even function this way yeah I, I mean i know that it's in our plan to do artist interviews and and podcasts with some of the artists toy photographers that we've featured in our top fives throughout the weeks i would also like to take have somebody like marietta come on and just completely you know blow our minds with oh, something agree. that we have no idea about i, so I almost like, think have... we're too dumb to talk to an artist like her though yeah like, i know how I mean, like, we would be like hey we love your pictures. How do you make it with your hands? Yeah, I mean, basically, that would be the one question we would ask, and <laughs> there would be she'd be like, "Well, um, let me explain it to you as if you were a kindergartner." Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> probably went to I school, do. and I've been doing this for you know eighteen plus years. It's just practice, and my brain was meant made this way. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I, I still contend. I've said it before: programmers, musicians artists you have a gene period yeah you guys you, are... you can you can try to study and learn it and you may pick up some of it but to reach this level that marietta is at no i don't care how much you practice you are you are destined to do this shit 
yeah, it, it was in her blood to be an artist of this caliber. And the work that she's put in to, to achieve that goal is just fantastic. I mean, like you can go through any shot of her on her uh, Instagram and just be absolutely blown away. I mean, there's one in this, she, you know, the, the image that we shared was a part of a slideshow. Um, and one of them is just a beautiful, realistic portrayal of, Ahsoka Tano as if she was a real person, not a cartoon. It, yeah. It's it's mind boggling. Um, I mean, I don't know how much we can gush over, over Marietta's art, but like any amount of it is not enough. Yeah, so, I, I, I think mean, we <laughs> did a pretty good job. So I yeah. Mean, uh, and she's not paying us by the way. I don't even know if she no. knows that we exist. So this isn't us trying to blow smoke up her ass. It's just us appreciating the living fuck out of what she can do. Yeah, so it's so. beautiful, beautiful work here. That rounds out our top five. So we have at Marietta Art. We have at Tank Customs with a Q, not a K. At Visual Force. At Wastujai. And then at Lego Trooper underscore 89. Yeah. Fantastic top five. Maybe one of the best top five I've done. And it was a super fun week. I really enjoyed well, all I'm not going to lie, shots. Nick. You, you kind of said that going into it. I was like, hey, whatever. I see these shots throughout the week. Whatever. You're not going to surprise me. He surprised me today. I mean, <laughs> they, 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 he's he's not lying. This was one of the most stellar lineups. Uh, I like the mix of new, old, and the art. I mean, again, we don't just feature toys. We will feature the art. It doesn't matter. That's who we are. We are Star Wars time. There's always time for Star Wars time. Sing it with me, people. There's always time for Star Wars time. There's always time for Star Wars time. See? It's not that hard. But you know what to do. It's time to say goodbye, but just head over to StarWarsTime.net. If you're new, subscribe. If you're on a desktop, go to the top right. Subscribe to podcast. You can get any platform that you want. Spotify, Android, Google, iTunes, Stitcher. There's no excuse. Then you can also find our YouTube in the sidebar. If you're on your mobile, just hit the hamburger menu. You can also find the, uh, the subscribe to the podcast link there. That's all you need to know. But we do need you to support us. That's what keeps us going. Keep those DMs coming through Instagram. Keep the subs coming. Keep the likes, the rates, the reviews. It helps us more than you know. All right, my friends? Until next time, may the force be with you always. Always.